Well, hello and welcome back to The Daily Brew, the devotional where every day we drink a new brew of coffee and we see what God is brewing for us in the Bible. Yes, it's cheesy, but it's true. And you join me in a very cold, wet Auckland in New Zealand. Yes, it is the, well, supposedly middle of summer. I've got my winter jacket on because it is so cold here. But uh, I'm excited because we're going to warm it up with some coffee and some Bible. Let's see what Bible scriptures we're reading today. As always, are in the description on every platform. Proverbs 5, 15 to 23. Mark 6, 6b to 29. And Exodus 29, 1 to 38. So they are our scriptures for today. But before we go any further, let's get into the brews. And today we're going to continue trying to get the full flavor out of the Shaky Isles coffee that we had yesterday. Now you remember this is an Auckland roastery and based here in Avondale in Auckland. And this is their the standard premium strong roast blend. It tastes like in a Brazilian, Ethiopian, and Kenyan beans founded to get our fond, fondued together, brushed with malt, rolled in chocolate, and then thrown in a cherry tree, cleverly disguised as a berry tree. Now, yesterday, there was a good flavor, but not the full flavor that I was hoping to try and taste. So, uh, I've made it in the espresso, 18 grams, uh, 22 uh, as well. Uh, out, 18, 32, and 22, uh, 24. Jeez, I'm all over the place. Let's give this a try today and see if we can get that flavor that we're looking for in the Shaky Isles coffee. Jeepers. Wow, that's good. My word, how have they done that? That's lovely. It actually tastes like a chocolate fondue. There's even a very a faint, so it's rich chocolate, but there's a faint berry in there too. My word, that's real. I'm not even doing that because it's coffee and blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm not even doing it just to hype it. I'm, I'm being honest. I'm being dead serious. This is actually unreal. You gotta, you've got to try this as an espresso. This is so good that this is almost like up there, maybe beating Hummingbird, the coffee we had before. Because you do, you taste all of the flavors in there. Um, it, it's got a bit of a malty taste. There is a bit, mo- there is a bit of malt. Um, the, in fact, it is a malt that I'm getting, a strong malt taste, like a fondued malt vibe. It's really good. I honestly couldn't recommend this strongly enough. you got to give that a go. you got to try that. you got to find that. Shaky Isles coffee, that's really good. Enough of the brews, though. I will talk about it forever. Let's get into the uh, Bible for today as I load my notes for the devotional. Annalise and I's wedding day was pretty amazing. Uh, you know how every married couple thinks their marriage, uh, their marriage day, their wedding day uh, was the best? Well, ours was definitely up there, i got to be honest. We got married in this awesome chapel in Tauranga here in New Zealand. And in our wedding, we incorporated some really cool Scottish traditions. One of them was called tying the knot. Now, it's this moment in the ceremony where uh, the man takes a strip of their family tartan and holds their wife's hands and... While they do, a Scottish blessing is spoken over the couple and the father of the groom ties the hands together using the tartan of the clan that the man is from and they tie a knot symbolizing the two becoming one. And for Christians, we can identify with this tradition because the Bible says in Ecclesiastes that a three-stranded cord is not easily broken. The third strand 
is God. And as we're tied together, we're better off than, than we would have been if we were alone. Today, we're going to see how this works and how we're better together in both marriage and in ministry. This proverb today is a great picture of marriage. It gives us a great image of marriage being a source of great blessing, rejoicing, love, grace, satisfaction, and romance. Come on now, somebody. The writer paints this by using language evoking the image of a spring, a well, or a fountain to describe the delight of sexual union. Now, it's a delight that's grounded in being exclusive. And the writer states this very clearly four separate times about the exclusivity of sexual union. Marriage in the Bible and in the Christian faith is between a man and a woman. And there are growing trends in our society about open marriages and marriages that don't reflect what a biblical marriage is founded upon. And I want to be clear that an open marriage is not the definition of a Christian marriage. It's not the marriage that we see in the Bible. Sure, it's a relationship. Cool, 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 whatever, whatever, whatever. But it's not a marriage. A marriage that isn't between a man and a woman in the sight of God, biblically speaking, and as a Christian, it's not what marriage is. Marriage is a Christian principle. You can pervert it all you like, but anything that's not founded in Christianity is only a shadow of Christian marriage. What makes marriage powerful is it's the union, it's the covenant that bonds Two people, the uniting, what I was meant to say is the uniting of two people and the covenant that is created between us and God, between a man and a woman emotionally and physically through sex. Sex is a tool that's designed by God to unite a couple. It's not just meant for pleasure alone. The problem is, though, is that sex in our society has become almost a right that people have. But it's not. It's a reward for our unification. The reason that it's been taken as a right is because self is the idol of of our generation. Self, 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 me, me, me. That's the idol in our generation. And worship of self is found in pleasure. So things like sex have been distorted and degraded to fit the narrative of this world. And that degrades the value of sex and marriage. This way of living, self-serving and living for pleasure is wicked, sinful, and leads to death. That's not me, by the way. That's the Bible. That's what the Bible says, okay? So before you start getting some rotten tomatoes ready to throw at me, that's the Bible. That's what the Bible says. We actually see this outwork in, in real time in the book of Mark, chapter 6, 14 to 29, where the adultery or the pleasure, the pleasure and serving of self of Herod led to John the Baptist's death after he stood up to him and reminded him that it wasn't right to live the way that he wanted to live. Friend, I want to encourage you today. Marriage is wonderful. It's holy and it's powerful. But don't defile your marriage by entertaining thoughts of self-service and pleasure. Protect your marriage, serve it, and enjoy the beautiful wholeness that marriage can provide. I also want to encourage you, though, you might not be married and watching this today. Marriage is not the be-all and end-all of life. Jesus wasn't married, okay? And, And he wasn't sad about it. He was also one of the most, if not the most, complete people that ever walked the face of the earth. We feel the pressure in our Christian circles that marriage is going to complete us, that it's going to make us whole somehow. But marriage is not that tool. Marriage is hard work. In fact, marriage doesn't make us whole. We have to sacrifice a whole bunch to make marriage work. While marriage is brilliant, it comes with huge sacrifice and service, which is awesome. I'm just trying to say it's not the only way to be whole. In fact, it's not what makes us whole. The key to life is that we don't find ourselves alone. Jesus was around his disciples, but he withdrew often to be with God. And then he always returned after withdrawing. While he sent out, even when he sent out his disciples, sorry, he sent them out in pairs. Did you notice that? He sent them out two by two. 
As they went out together, they outworked miracles and brought revival with them wherever they went. So here's my question. Who do you have doing life with you? Do you have a friend that you can outwork the ministry call that's on your life? This is often what marriage fulfills, and it's what it looks like. But here we see that there's a friendship formed in ministry through the disciples, two by two. So who have you got around you in your mission? Better yet, who are you around in their mission? Jesus had all 12 disciples, but then he also had a closer three that he brought with him everywhere he went. It's never good to be isolated in life. Isolation leads to despair and discouragement. We all need someone who is with us in the trenches, outworking the call of God on our lives in whatever environment we are in. Two are better than one. So get around some good people and go on the adventure together. In the book of Exodus today, we read about the complex and layered ceremonies, all designed to emphasize the care that we have to take when we approach a holy God. These ceremonies, you'll note, uh, had to have everything doubled, okay? Two rams, two gold rings, two lambs. They point to the fact that any sacrifice or ritual was flawed in and of itself, and that while two was better than one, it wasn't enough. When it comes to the fulfillment and relationship with God, there's only really one perfect lamb that could reconcile us to the Father. Hebrews is a great book, okay? It's, a, it's almost a, a commentary on the book of Exodus. I'm looking forward to getting uh, to unpack that later with you as well. But it talks a lot about Exodus and how the old law was weak and useless compared to the new covenant that we have in the power of Jesus. While the people needed atonement and religious sacrifices and ceremonies in the Old Testament, I want to make it really clear. We don't need that now. Jesus shed his blood for us. Our atonement is covered through the blood of the Lamb. Paul writes about this in the book of Romans. You can check it out as well. Atonement is a word that means reparation for our sin. And reparation means the action of making amends for a wrong one has done by providing payment or another assistance, uh, sorry, or other assistance to those who have been wronged. I want to make this very, very clear for us today that in this new covenant that we have with Jesus, the blood of Jesus covers our need for atonement. We do not need to sit and lament when it comes to to something we've done wrong with God or with people. We don't need to do that. We don't need to whip ourselves 12 times and pray a prayer for 40 days to wash our sins away and make it right with God. We've been forgiven. We've been redeemed because of the blood of Jesus. Verse of the day. Verse of the day today, it is Proverbs 5.23. It says, for a lack of discipline, they will die led astray by their own folly. How disciplined are you really? Like in your marriage, in your mind, how disciplined are you? Do you long for a different life partner? Do you long for a sexual experience outside of your marriage? We've got to be disciplined around the boundaries of our marriage. If not, we're going to be led astray and die, which, look, that's not great, is it? And that is it for the Daily Brew today. I just want to clarify at the end there before verse of the day, we were talking about how we don't need to sit and lament because uh, we've been covered in atonement by the blood of Jesus. I do think we should apologize. We should own up for what we've done wrong. If we've done something wrong to God, we should repent and we should repent to people. But then from there, we don't have to lament after the repent. We can move forward in the fullness of life that God has for us 
because of the forgiveness that we find in the blood of the Lamb. So I just wanted to make that clear uh, for everybody who had any questions. Hey, well, that is it for today, though. Day 52 is done. There is so much in our scriptures, so much in our Bible reading plan, and I pray God is speaking to you as we go on this journey. I've been enjoying it. Hey, if you have heard anything from God or if you want to point anything out, feel free to jump on the comment section in YouTube and hit me up on DMs, Harry Slade and Z on Instagram. I'd love to hear from you as well. We're covering some meaty topics because, hey, look, there's a lot of meaty topics we need to cover, and the Bible has some pretty clear standards when it comes to some of these things. Hey, join me tomorrow, day 53. I can't wait to continue on this devotional journey. If you haven't done so already, please take a moment on our audio podcast platforms and follow the podcasts, rate them as well, five stars. And if you're on YouTube, subscribe to the channel and click the bell. The reason why is because if you haven't done so already, man, we have an opportunity to get this out for free. What happens with the algorithm is that the more follows we've got, the more ratings we've got, the more subscriptions we've got, and the algorithm will promote this for us. We don't have to spend any money uh, on any of the promotion. And I want to help more and more people get in contact with God and go deeper on this Bible reading plan. So if you could do that, that would be a huge blessing. Thank you so much for joining me today. Come back tomorrow if it's the start of your day. Have a great rest of your day unless it's sleep time. Good night, sleep tight, and we'll see you tomorrow back here on The Daily Brew.